This is Being Better, the podcast about the science behind mindsets and practices that make us happier, wiser, and healthier. My name is Julia Spohr, and I am your host. Join us as each week we break down scientific research and bring you true stories of people from all walks of life to help you make better decisions that will shape your tomorrow. truly favorite people to have these chats albeit one-way chats but still i mean you guys are such great listeners you know it's almost as if this was some sort of a podcast or something um okay but seriously though i really think you are going to like this episode it is a comprehensive guide to meditation especially for beginners you will learn about the science behind its overwhelmingly positive effects on the mind and body you will also learn how to do it how to not do it what are some common beginner mistakes that you should avoid what are the types of meditation and how to practice mindfulness throughout the day when we talk when we eat and when we walk and there are many many more snippets of wisdom in this episode and that is all thanks to my lovely guest Danica Trapera. Danica is a meditation teacher she helps people through one-on-one coaching but is also an expert in corporate wellness that we will discuss in this episode at length but basically it is that she helps high growth tech companies that want to improve the well-being of their employees she completed her formal meditation training in new york city with mindful and has trained with google's search inside yourself leadership institute and has completed additional training in mindfulness-based stress reduction and mindfulness-based eating awareness. So in this episode, she will provide you with everything that you need to know about meditation to make it a long-term habit and she will also bust all the myths regarding it, like for example, the one that you need to do it in a lotus flower position and spoiler alert, you don't. So if you want to learn more, relax, take a deep breath in, deep breath out and please enjoy my conversation with Danica. Okay, so Danica, thank you so much for coming. I am super excited for our chat today. How are you doing? How have you been feeling these days? I am doing so well. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I'm really excited to get into our chat today. (laughs) So to start this conversation well, I want to ask you to share something that you've been enjoying lately. So this is my one of my favorite segments of the show where I ask the guests to share a book, a movie, a product, a podcast, just something that they find thought provoking or educational or pleasant or funny. So what can you share with us? All right. So I have not had much time to, you know, think about this, but I would say something it's literally on my hand right now. I'm using my Fitbit and I just got it a few weeks ago. Um, And it's really great because I'm in Canada. It's really cold and it honestly encourages me to like just get outside more, get moving. Mm. And some of the insights are really great in terms of the sleep insights and just learning more about like your body and how different things affect it. So I've been loving my Fitbit and I've gotten like my whole family on it now. So Mm -hmm. it's been great. Yeah. 
I mean, thank you so much for that recommendation. I've been hearing so much about uh, these like measuring devices lately. And I know that some people like take it overboard and just become like a bit obsessed with tracking like the steps. And but I think it's it's a, such a useful device. And of course, we should be careful with everything. But like for me, I borrowed from my friend the watch just to measure my sleep. And I learned so much about like my sleeping patterns and that I actually I have a very little deep sleep. And uh, and it's just I, I never knew that. And I know that it can improve, you know, the way we work, the way we work out. And I think it's nice to invest in those things. So thank you so much for that recommendation. For sure. Yeah, it's it's great to get some of that information that, you know, is happening mm. in the background of your body. And I, I I held off on it for a really long time because of the whole like, I don't want to get obsessed with it yeah. feature. But, um, you know, I'm in a good place, I think, to, to have it. Yeah. Obviously not right for everyone, but it, it can be a really great tool. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess I will link that in the episode description. So if you want to check that out, it will be the link will be there. Um, and now when it comes to the, my questions, I want to first start with you and just get to know you and your journey. So if you can briefly just explain how your journey with meditation and mindfulness has started and and can you describe how it influenced your approach to work or, or food or other people or exercise and or just, you know, yourself? Yeah, yeah. So I could probably make this a really long story. I'll try to keep it short. But essentially, I got exposed to mindfulness in university. So I was going through a pretty rough time, just kind of feeling, you know, not knowing myself fully, going through like, you know, different friend groups and just like that weird age where there's a lot of newness in your life. And it was really stressful um, and I was dealing with some health issues at the time as well. So I had some gut issues, I had some acne that was obviously visible on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it was really affecting me just like mentally and emotionally. So I started going down the route of really looking into like food and exercise and using those things to, to try to help me feel better. And they did. They definitely helped and they made a difference. And I got very into, you know, healthy eating and making all my own food and taking my supplements and working out and just that whole craze that I think a lot of people got into. Um, Just like when Instagram was also really popping up with like all these tips being shared on there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was into that and it was great because I learned a lot and a lot of those things actually did help me. But as I noticed, as I kind of, you know, grew in my life and ended up going, you know, working and working in a really stressful job and just handling a lot more, I started realizing that all those things that I was doing weren't still making me feel like 100% better. Like I was feeling better, but I wasn't at my best. So I was like, okay, there has to be something else. So that's when I kind of picked up meditation after being exposed to it like years before. And I started really diving into it, learning more about it, going deeper into it. And I started noticing that as I was kind of taking care of that stress piece, not just focusing on the food and the working out and the supplements, I started really noticing like everything improving. So my Mm -hmm. gut health improved, my, you know, just how I felt overall, my sleep improved, my acne went like 
so much better than it ever was before. Really? Like yeah. through meditation? Yeah. And I truly, that is so interesting. I truly think it was like the missing piece for me. And mm. I'm not saying that like food and exercise isn't important or that it yeah. does, it can't make changes because it definitely can. But for me, I really started to notice like, okay, this looks like it's the missing piece. So the more I saw it, the more I felt it, the more I like kept going with it. And I think that's a really important piece because a lot of the time, you know, people are like, I wish I could do it or I wish I could pick up this habit or start meditating or whatever. I truly feel, I think that the best way to do it is when you feel the changes. Like you have to feel it for yourself. You can't have yeah. someone just telling you about it. You can't be just reading about mm-hmm. it. You have to try it. You have to feel it. You have to see, you know, how it affects you. And then most of the time, that's like a good motivator to keep you going. So that's how I, you know, got into it and started seriously adopting a practice. And then I ended up getting my teacher certification in New York City to be able to teach mindfulness and to be able to share it with others. And then I started teaching at a at a local studio. And then I started teaching like privates. And mm. then and then that's grown into like what I do today. But essentially, <laughs> that's that's like the short story of how I got started. Yeah, and I I really agree with you that. Like to build habits in order to stick to something, we really need to see the results and the positive effects of it. And I'm, I think I had an episode way back in the past about that motivation is kind of a myth because we kind of think that motivation is something that comes first and then we have the action but actually motivation is the result of the action it happens when we see that we are improving at something and we're getting better and we see that it is influencing us positively and then from that we can sense that we want to do it more and I think in this way right motivation uh, is sort of like a myth or or some or maybe we just don't see it the way it actually is And I really am interested in what you also said about, right, your acne and all those positive effects of um, of meditation. Because, right, I think we all know right now these days when a lot of people are talking about it, we all know that it can re- really have such huge effects and just work wonders. But I think a lot of people are maybe sort of hesitant about starting that practice because they don't really understand how just sitting and like observing your breath um can influence you so can you describe maybe a bit of like the science behind what is actually happening within us when we practice mindfulness and why it can have such a positive effect on uh, the mind as well as the body yeah for sure and i think you know really important to touch on that because a lot of the time people think that meditation and mindfulness is just very woo-woo and there's you know not a lot of science to support yeah. it but it couldn't be further from the truth there's truly so many studies and more and more coming out that are just proving the facts of these practices that have been around for thousands of years so my favorite way to think about it is when you sit down to meditate um, say for example you're focusing on the breath you immediately start to relax just with that fact of like you're closing your eyes you're going within and you're starting to kind of allow the body to slow down you're starting to perhaps notice the breath the breath is getting deeper and what happens when you do that is your body is just kind of sent the signal that like everything is okay in this moment Mm -hmm. like you can chill out you're not you know you're not in danger there's not this stressor that's running after you because a lot of the time in our day-to-day when we're not sitting down you know doing a meditation we're actually in this like low-grade stress or 
stressed out about deadlines and things we have to do and the wrong thing we said and that conversation we had and you know just a million things we're always stressed out we're stressed <laughs> out by the news and social media and yeah, especially just these a million days. things exactly so once we have that opportunity to kind of sit down and slow down right away you're sending your body that signal that okay everything is okay right now and your body starts to kind of relax and go into that rest and digest mode so your breath becomes smoother and longer so it's sending that body again that signal that okay there's no danger here you can chill out the heart rate can come down the blood pressure can come down and as that's happening that's again signaling to your brain to have difficult different chemical reactions and so that means that your body is also pumping out less stress hormones and that's things like cortisol maybe you've heard of it so mm. if you have a lot of if you have a lot of cortisol in your body it can lead to several health issues that you don't want to deal with everything from you know insomnia and cravings and hormonal imbalances so you're actually kind of turning all that off when you're able to sit down and re relax in that meditative state So you're turning off that, you're telling your body everything's okay, and in return, your body and brain are able to kind of get on the same level and be like, okay, everything's all right in this moment. So that at a very basic level is what's happening. And then of course, based on you know the physical aspects of your heart pressure going down, your blood pressure going down, um, and just more oxygen being circulated in your body because you're able to breathe deeper, every process in your body is just going to benefit from that. So your brain is going to work sharper. Uh, like I said, you're going to have less of those stress hormones coming out. So you're not going to be potentially dealing with some of those side effects of, that can you know, be exasperated yeah. by those. And that was really the case for me is like that I knew that the cortisol was affecting my acne and because it was affecting like hormo hormones and hormonal balance. So it really can affect you know your physical health and how you show up and how you feel and how much energy you have but can also affect your mental health so like how you feel about yourself how you feel about you know different challenges that you're dealing with and just how much you're able to like focus because every time you sit down to meditate it's like you're going to the gym for your brain mm -hmm. so you're you're able to you're basically building that muscle of awareness in your brain that allows you to show up just more fully for everything that you do for you know your work but also your relationships and just all your life fully you can show up as a more present grounded version of yourself so I truly think it affects every area of your yeah. life but and and we can all truly benefit from it yeah exactly I mean it makes so much sense and and even like the acne part it it does right affect hormonal health and through that you know hormones regulate basically everything yeah. and so when that is in balance everything else is like i i love when guests as experts just come and explain right the scientific side of what happens behind all these practices because right i think we like we all know that we should work out we should eat healthy we should be present but i think If we don't know why that is and actually understand, then how are we supposed to expect from people to invest in it? And so I'm so grateful to you um, for, for sharing that. And yeah, like personally, in my uh, own example, I observed a huge change just in the way, in the way that I approach myself. Like I decided to kind of rethink the person I want to be. And I used to be a very, I mean, I still am a, a very big people pleaser and I would just 
avoid com- like conflict or just argument or just not agreeing with someone. And right now I know that I I, I don't have to react. I can be in conflict. I don't have to avoid it because like, it doesn't mean that I have to be in it. I don't have to burn out because I am fighting with someone. I can be still like water and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And I can just kind of reflect the other person and they can see themselves through my stillness. And this, those are just kind of lessons that I learned through meditation. And, and I think Tim Ferriss was the person who described it well, which is like meditation is... You, you go from being in the washing machine, just rotating and being like in complete chaos to stepping out of the washing machine and just observing the chaos, but you being out of it. And and I think this is a very great analogy. And I really love that. Um, it kind of just gives you a taste of what really happens. Yeah, exactly. That's that is like one of the biggest things that you'll see when you start meditating is like you can still be okay even if there's craziness out there and even if your life is still busy. Like your life's not going to get less busy because you start meditating. Your life's not going to get less stressful. It's going to be your reaction to it and how you approach it which is going to change. And that's truly mm-hmm. where it all begins. So like it all begins with us and it's so awesome to know that there are tools out there that can help us and it's not a magic pill. Like again, you know, your life's not going to magically change overnight. But slowly, a lot of things do start to shift because how you, you know, how you relate to them will shift. Yeah. Well, and and just to give uh, some more information and and tips and advice to to the listeners, because when I started getting into meditation, I was very confused because I got very mixed messages. So um, I, I, I started with guided meditation and some like practitioners told me to like told me you know I listened like on YouTube um that I should observe my breath the other ones told me to like imagine myself in a pretty place the others told me to like imagine myself as a cloud and so there were many different pieces of advice or instructions that I needed to follow and I was very confused like what actually is meditation and so I think that there are so many different types of meditation and and I want to start with some like basic information for beginners. What would you recommend to start with? Can you just outline some types of meditation? What are like what is what are the basics? Um, because I think this is a mistake that I, a mistake that I made and later on I had to like read a lot of different books to kind of get into and that and so to make it easier for the listeners what would you advise a person that is completely new to meditation and says I want to try it or where and what should I practice yeah yeah so like you said there are so many different types of meditation there's actually hundreds if you want to get like really you know into the weeds but I would say it is important to get some guidance from a teacher and then like not just a teacher online that like you can't ask them questions like someone you can Mm -hmm. truly ask questions is a really good place to start even if you just do a few like a few sessions with them because it will save you all that time and you know effort and frustration that you might get from just trying all these different types and then feeling like you're you're not good at it and then you give up right that's that's usually what happens you see people give up because they think like oh I I can't do it I'm not meant for this it's too hard it's too difficult so I would recommend working with someone if you can or at least you know if you're able to like 
join something even online where you can have access to someone, that's really, really helpful. But I created something called the three B's of meditation. So it's just like this really easy framework that you can use. And it's an easy way to remember the three most important things every time you sit down to meditate. And if you remember these three things, then you're going to have like, you know, you'll be able to meditate every time and you can even do it on your own without anyone, without anything. So we have body, breath and balance. Those are the three B's. I'll explain what they are. So body is just referring to the best posture for your meditation. And at the end of the day, the best posture for your meditation is one that's comfortable. Like that's Mm. as simple as it gets. So, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be in a fancy posture. You don't have to have your legs folded in a certain way. Your hands don't have to be in a certain position. As long as you're comfortable, you're going to want to come back and you're going to want to enjoy, you're going to enjoy the meditation. So you're going to keep coming back. And that's what we want at the end of the day. There are a few tips here, you know, if you if you want to take it a step further, I would definitely recommend your back is nice and upright, but you're still comfortable. So you're not like rigid and feeling uncomfortable, but you're just sitting nice and upright. Your legs could be folded or flat in front of you or whatever feels good. And the other thing I would recommend is just like relax your arms by your sides. But again, you know, whatever feels best mm-hmm. for you, don't get yeah, too exactly. caught up in it. Uh, one thing to note is if you are laying down, it tends to make you fall asleep. So I would yeah. not recommend <laughs> I laying down. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, it's so common and it's just really simple. It's like, don't don't, don't lay down because you're going to fall asleep because meditation is so relaxing. You know, it, it tends to make us fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have for body. And then for breath, because I like meditation, you know, using the breath. Um, there are lots of different things you can use, but we'll, uh, we use the breath to help us focus the our, our tension because our minds are really busy and our minds love to think of every possible thing you can think of when we close our eyes and like, you know, we tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to meditate. Your mind starts thinking about your plans and what you're going to do the next day and what happened yesterday and what happened 10 years ago. And, you know, your mind just is thinking all the time. So what we do is we focus our attention on the breath to help us focus, you know, our awareness into the present moment. And the reason the breath is great is because the breath is always in the present moment. It's always here and now, and you can access it really easily. So you don't need anything fancy. You don't need any application. You don't need even like an internet connection. You can just connect to your breath, close your eyes, and that could be your meditation. And one pro tip I have here is to focus on the feeling of your breath. So don't focus on thinking about your breath or like imagining your breath. It's not this, you know, complicated thing. It's really just the sensation of the breath Mm. moving in and out of your body. And if you, you know, keep your focus there, then you're good. And then the last B is balance. And that's essentially, you know, coming back to balance every time your mind wanders off. So our, our, like I said, our minds are really busy. Our minds like to think of different things and it's normal for your mind to get distracted at some point. Mm -hmm. So you're there, you're, you know, you're feeling the breath, you're connecting to the breath. And then all of a sudden you notice your mind is thinking about whatever, you know, what you're having for dinner that night. And instead of following that thought and getting lost, as soon as you notice that it's happened, that's actually a moment of mindfulness. So that's a great thing. And what you can do is you can just bring yourself back to the breath. So it's no big deal. You don't have to like freak out. You don't have to think you're a bad meditator. You don't have to think, okay, there's, you know, I'm, this is a bad meditation. You can just notice that it happened and come back to your breath. So that way you're always coming back to this like balance. Every time you wander off, you come back 
and you come back and you keep doing that all throughout the meditation. So that's the most basic way I think you can sit down and meditate is to sit down, get comfortable so you have your body and then you focus on the breath. You notice the breath moving in and out of your body. And then at some point when your mind wanders off, you just gently come back to the breath. So you come back to balance. And yeah. that's just a, you know an easy way you can remember, especially if you're really new to it. I think it breaks down a lot of those common questions people have. Like, how should I sit? And what do I focus on? And also, what do I do if my mind gets busy? So I think that is like a nice way to, to remember all of that. Yeah. I like for me the, the the like the posture was a big thing. I I really like imagined that I need to be in like in the lotus flower position. Yeah. And I experienced like like tingling and my legs, you know, for after yeah. like 10 minutes become dead and and yeah. it hurts. And and for me that was like a big thing. Um so I really was like amazed and so happy when I learned that you can do it in every posture. I would not recommend laying down because, yeah, like we said, we, we can we tend to we, we tend to fall asleep. But yeah, there I think there are so many misconceptions, and therefore there are so many mistakes. So I wanted to ask you, what also do you think are some common like beginner mistakes when it comes to meditation mm-hmm. that make people just like disappointed and and make them just quit and and not do it ever again? Yeah. Yeah, so I think there are a few. One of them is definitely having expectations. So people Mm. come with all these expectations of things that their friends have said and things that they've seen online and maybe even thinking that meditation is going to solve everything or whatever it is, or or that meditation is really difficult even. Like that could be their expectation. Whatever it is, whenever you come with expectations, I think it gets in the way from you being able to relax. And if you're not able to relax, you can't really get the full, right? You can't get the full benefit of the meditation because you're going to be all tense and tight and thinking and comparing and just having that like am I doing this right kind of you know question in the back of your mind the whole time so I think if you're able to just come with an open mind it just it it sets you up for a much more successful meditation Mm. so that's number one um, the other thing too that I see people is like they want to go really like they want to go for long meditations right off the bat <laughs> and they're like okay like if it's not 15 or 20 minutes or you know 30 minutes then what's the point of doing it like I'm not going to get the benefits from it but then that's also the reason that they don't do it because they can't find the time they're really busy so they're like I can't find 30 minutes so I would recommend there just start really small like as small as possible even with some people I start off with two minutes Um, you know, two to five minutes, you can start there and then slowly work your way up. And it's more important to build that habit of every day sitting down, even if it's for two or five minutes. Um, And then you can always, you can, you know, add on to that, add up more time. But first you have to get that basic habit there. So I would say, you know, don't try to do too much at once. The other thing I see a lot of the time, it's kind of tied in, you know, into the habit portion of it is people are focusing too much on the results. They're like, okay, I am not feeling better. Like I can't see the results. Like I thought, I thought things were going to change. And like I said, meditation is not going to completely, you know, transform your life. It's not like overnight. It's not this magic pill. But what it does is slowly over time, what you'll notice, what I always tell my students is that people around you will notice changes probably first even before you can so instead of looking at like okay like is has this improved you know having a checklist of like have things changed you can ask someone around you and be like how have you noticed like I've been in the last whatever 30 days and and see what people have to say 
or even just see things as basic as like, how is your sleep? How is your stress levels? How is your digestion? Like, how are things like that? And you might be surprised to be like, oh, wow, I'm like having better sleep and I wake up not feeling anxious and, you know, different things like that. So I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, not focusing too much on the results in the first few weeks because those results can take a long time and, you know, they're slow to build, but then they're, you know, they're long term. So I would say not stressing too much about those things. Yeah, actually, I am like shocked. I mean, not shocked. I am just kind of those all of the mistakes that you told me uh, are the things that I made. It's like I made those mistakes. I like it's it's textbook because like I, I aimed too high i i tried to like do like right these 30 minutes it's like yeah it, it doesn't count if it's five and and just and thinking about um yeah just just like the results that i'm expecting that i'm gonna be like enlightened or like a buddha or something and i just yeah. <laughs> I, I i observed it in myself and i um yeah it, it's really it's sad to see so many people um like just disregard meditation or or just say that you know i tried it it doesn't work it's like some woo woo and Mm -hmm. and i think it is just sad to see how people are impatient and and if they don't see immediate results they don't want to do it um and what i think has helped me in my practice was applying meditation having like these micro meditations throughout the day so i think i read one book by dalai lama it was like i think how to practice so it was like this nice uh, mm-hmm. little textbook <laughs> for for meditation and he said that he, what he recommends is just like micro meditation so when you sit or when you travel when you commute when you eat when you like wash the dishes just have those pieces of mindfulness and i'm really drawn to that idea of practicing mindfulness throughout the day in those tiny little moments and and so I want to ask you, do you have any like tips of how when, how can we incorporate these moments of mindfulness into our daily routine, how to like eat mindfully, how to speak mindfully? What are some ways we can experience those amazing results like throughout the day? Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to kind of look at your day and look at, okay, where are realistically some points where I could add this into my day? Like you're not you know, especially if you're beginning, you're not going to be mindful all throughout your day. Most of us are actually on autopilot throughout our day. So it's important to be like more intentional about it and be like, okay, where can I add a little bit more in? So if you like go for a morning walk in the morning, you could tell yourself, okay, instead of like texting and scrolling Instagram and listening to a podcast, I'm going to listen to the sounds of nature and be more mindful during my walk. So perfect. That's an opportunity right there. If you exercise or if you like do a class or go to the gym or do yoga or anything like that, you can really focus on the different muscles and body parts that you're using as you're exercising. That mind to muscle connection is really important. It's great for like reducing injuries and just making you more connected to your body. So that's another opportunity you can do it as well. You can be more mindful in that experience. And truly, I think you can do anything mindfully. So as long as you're being aware of what you're doing as you're doing it, that's being mindful. So you can infuse it into any part of your day. Um, A great thing to remember is this acronym STOP. So it's S-T-O-P. And it's a good way to kind of remind you to just take breaks throughout your day. So the S stands for STOP. Just stop whatever you're doing. T is take three deep breaths. So you take three deep breaths and nicely, you know, start to calm your body down a little bit. 
And O is just an opportunity for you to observe your body and your breath. So notice if you're like clenching your hands or if you're really tight or if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, just notice that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything in that moment. And then P is an opportunity for you to proceed and do something that's supportive. So if you notice that you're feeling stressed out or overwhelmed, or if you notice that you are, you know, you just got an email and you're kind of feeling a little bit angry at that person, or they've said something that's kind of stressed you out, instead of like responding right away and saying something you're going to regret, you can take that moment, take a step back, and then you can proceed to either, you know, go on with the, with whatever you were going to do, or you can go on to do something that you know will be more supportive for you. So if you know that what will be more supportive is to step back and maybe go for a walk or maybe just drink some water or maybe just you know close your eyes for 20 seconds so you can give them a break from like staring at a screen all day for example those are all examples of things you can do to proceed and give yourself something that's more supportive so those are um, examples of things you can do Um, another one is to just bring more awareness into those mundane tasks so things like brushing your teeth or showering you can start to really tune into your senses when you do these things. And that's a really easy way to get you know more into the present moment and be more mindful. So if you're taking a shower, you can notice the water hitting your skin. You can notice the smells of your shampoo and like your body wash. Mm-hmm. You can notice the temperature of the water. You can notice the sound of the water. So you're tapping into all of your senses. Great way to, to turn something that you know a lot of the times we do like on autopilot to turn it into a more mindful experience. Mm. You can do the same thing for like making your bed and doing dishes and truly anything, like anything throughout your day. You can even do it while you're driving. Obviously, like keep your eyes open when you're not, you know, you're not <laughs> meditating at this point. Yeah. But you're you can make it a more mindful experience because how many times have you like driven somewhere and you get there? And you're like, whoa, like, how, how did I even get here? Like, you kind of like, you know, you don't exactly. notice the drive exactly. there. You don't notice the journey. So it's about kind of looking at your day and being like, where can I be more intentional with how I spend my time without always having to rely on distractions like, you know, our phones and music and social media and that? Because a lot of the time we, we do do that. Instead mm-hmm. of being mindful, we escape to these different things. Yeah, and I mean, I think that like the biggest shame is that people consider mindfulness to be like not something nice or like painful or 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 just yeah unpleasant. And I think um, what like mindful eating when I read about that, uh, like there is something like mindful eating, and it like is you really seeing what you are eating and tasting it and being present to experience the texture that the people that you are eating with. And, and it turns it into a very pleasant experience. And like just brushing your teeth when you're doing it mindfully, uh, you can smell the toothpaste. Like all those experiences are actually much more pleasant. And it was like something that I did not really think about because I usually thought that to make a run or 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 like brushing my teeth pleasant, I need to put music on. I, I need to put podcasts on. And then when I will like have a distraction, then it will be pleasant. And then it was such a nice surprise to see that actually I can have so much fun just being in a moment. And like when you run and just focus on like the movement of your muscles and feeling the con- contractions, actually it it is fun. And it was so nice because it's freeing. Then you know that you don't need to have a lot. You don't need to buy like video games or books or whatever. You can actually have a lot of fun and, and just feel at ease. 
uh, with nothing um, and and that just lets you just detach maybe from from the the feeling of wanting to uh, to have stuff to buy stuff um, and to like have more people around to be liked because you know that you, deep down you know that if you are alone with not many things you will be happy and I think this is a very freeing freeing concept yeah yeah for sure I think so and you know we could probably do a whole podcast <laughs> on just that because it's such a it's such a common thing right now in our day-to-day especially yeah. I think for like younger generations we're glued to our phones um I, most mm. people are but so I think, you know, it's just something important to think about and to reevaluate, like, how how mindful are you being throughout your day and how much of your day is actually spent on this autopilot yeah. setting. So uh, lastly, before we go, I wanted to ask you about corporate wellness because I know that you are, well, an expert on that. So you have been working with many businesses and corporations just to help them take care of their employees mental health and and well-being so can you describe the process and just what is corporate wellness and why it is so important especially right now yes yeah so corporate wellness is basically companies introducing programs to take care of their employees mental and physical health and that can look different for every single company and it often does but a lot of companies more and more are definitely focusing on the mental health aspect just because they know how much people's mental health has been impacted especially over the past couple years that we've had especially with most people working from home for you know a long time now and people kind of heading towards burnout and that being more recognized and I think people are just more comfortable talking about these things so now companies are really you know feeling the pressure almost to show up and to actually support their employees with these different initiatives so before it was something that companies talked about but they you know didn't always walk the walk now we're seeing companies really investing in these programs for their employees and it's it's amazing to see truly you know, I think every every company should be doing it on some level and it, it looks different for everyone based on budget and size and, you know, based on so many different factors. But a lot of my work is focused on companies that are in the high growth, you know, stages. So everything from tech companies to banking and consulting and um, education as well. And so I come in and I teach classes along with my team and we, you know, we give them tools that are rooted in mindfulness to help them reduce stress, improve focus, improve productivity, and at the end of the day, really perf- improve their performance. So they're able to perform better at work. They're more resilient. Um, morale goes up. All these things that are really important for companies and actually really important for their bottom line as well. So that's the nice part is that these initiatives help improve how employees are able to perform at their job, which then, of course, will improve, you know, how the business does as well. So as long as companies are able to recognize this and they're able to invest in it, I think, you know, we're heading in the right direction with more and more people doing this. And, you know, corporate wellness can really go really, really deep. But that's the part that we focus on. We focus on the mental health aspect of it. There's other people who focus a lot on the physical aspect and, you know, even nutrition and all those things, which are all really important. But we um, as a company focus on the mental health side of things. 
So uh, can you describe like the process of how you actually like approach it? So like, let's imagine that I'm a company that asks you, well, I want to take care of my, like my employees' uh, mm-hmm. well-being. Uh, so what are like the steps that you uh, take to to do that? Yeah, so we, you know, we get to first understand them and like understand what they've done in the past and what they what they're currently doing and just also understand their goals and their culture and what like who their employee base is. Like, you know, how open are they to certain things? Are they looking for more mindfulness? Are they looking for um, like actual like some mind, mindful movement because we do things like yoga and that type of thing. So it's understanding like, okay, what are they looking for? And then just talking to them, you know, about their goals and putting together a package that makes sense for them. So everything, you know, it could be a weekly class, it could be a bi-weekly class, it could even be a monthly class, depending on, you know, every company and, and what they're trying to achieve. And we come in and we do classes that really, kind of like I was talking about today, they break down the basics of meditation, they help people understand these tools, and they help make them just really easy to understand at the end of the day like the tools are no good if no one knows how to use them and if they're if they feel confusing and you know intimidating so we really break them down to be easy to understand we teach them and then we always end our sessions with a guided meditation so people are learning but then they're also getting to experience the meditation and or if we're doing like a yoga class or something so that's you know more specifically how we do that and it, it does look different for every client so there's not like one you know, one way that I can fully explain it, but you know, that, that gives you a sense for it. Okay. Well, I am so in love with like seeing people and companies just like starting to, to, to talk about these things and like care about these things because like in the past and like still a lot of companies are, well, just talking and caring about the numbers. And so seeing that we are starting to have these conversations about that employees are not machines and that actually even to improve the numbers just even if it's for the sake of the numbers it it is important to rest to be calm to right decrease cortisol all those kind of things so i'm so in love with that and if there are any listeners that are interested in corporate wellness tanika's website will be in the episode description so you can check that out i'm sure there is plenty of information and probably some contact info and i want to thank you so much for coming and sharing that advice and all your amazing knowledge and experience i really 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 appreciate it Oh, thank you so much. I had a great time chatting. Hopefully, you know, people are able to walk away with at least one thing they can try today. That's always my goal is hopefully they can try it, you know, for themselves, see if they are feeling any changes and hopefully we get to connect again in the future. Thank you so much. Yeah. And like apart from the websites, are there any places that the listeners should go if they want to learn more about you and what you do? Yes, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Naked Health, N-A-K-D Health. Um, we are doing a rebrand soon, but that is the name for now. Um, you can mostly find me on there and obviously on the website. The website is getmindwell.co, which will be in the show notes. And that's it. You can always send me a message and I will definitely get back to you. Okay, thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you. the feeling and I think I'm starting to get addicted to the feeling of just knowing things you know I really love learning and just myth busting and so I absolutely loved this conversation I mean 
I held so many misconceptions about meditation and just long-time listeners will know that I have struggled with doing it consistently in the past. And like I said in the interview, I just, I made these textbook mistakes. And so I hope that this podcast, this episode can prevent those problems from happening to you. So let me know on our Instagram at beingbetter.pod or using our email podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com what your journey with meditation is like and what are your struggles and how you've been improving. I would just love to chat with you about that. And now moving on to my insight of the week. Um, and before I jump into that, I just want to say that my heart truly aches for what is happening in Ukraine right now. And to all my Ukrainian listeners out there, I am really so, so truly sorry for what is happening. You are not alone and our thoughts and our prayers are with you. This sort of violence is truly not acceptable and I deeply believe it will not be ignored. In this episode description, I attached some organizations that you can donate to to support Ukrainian civilians and soldiers. So please consider donating if you have the resources. But if you don't, that is completely fine as well. Just educating yourself about the Russian aggression on Ukraine can be game-changing. And now, maybe on a slightly lighter note, I want to move on to my also one of my favorite segments in which I share some sort of realization or thought that I recently had that I want to share with you. And this week I had a bit of a makeover and kind of spontaneously decided to cut off about I think like 37 centimeters so about like 14 inches of my hair and I would normally not mention it here well for one because it is an audio only podcast and you know this doesn't make a difference for you and but I was very surprised with how it has influenced me so well maybe I should start by explaining what has motivated me to introduce such a change so like I was saying in like an episode some weeks ago these past couple of months have been hard for me. So I disregarded my health a bit. I wasn't as consistent with my habits that I know are good for me. I overworked myself. I was going out a lot and I just doubted myself a lot. And it has caught up with me and led me to a point where I just couldn't recognize myself anymore. I'm usually this very bubbly and joyful person, but I became more bitter, irritable and just kind of insecure. And I turned to all kinds of consumptions for comfort and just tuned into the desires of the ego. And so just a couple of weeks ago, I decided to introduce some changes just to take better care for my mind, body and spirit. And I maybe I'll dive deeper into what I actually did specifically in a different episode. But the bottom line is that I am much better now. And so I thought that to really treat it as a beginning of a new chapter in life, which I really want to do, I just wanted to make some kind of a physical change as well, just to cement this mindset and make sure that I don't fall back into worse habits and just, you know, bullshit myself that it's a new change when actually I'll just, you know, come back to all the bad patterns of my mind that I used to have. So I decided to chop off my hair and I feel like it is such a nice modern day ritual and I haven't done it in like four years, I think. And also just long hair is so inconvenient. So it's been a couple of days now and here are some of the things that I noticed thanks to it. And A, I just feel like 
since I look different and I look like I cannot recognize myself in the mirror sometimes and I just look like a new person I feel like I have a fresh start just to rethink the qualities and the mindsets that I want that new person to have it's almost as if I can redesign myself and just consciously decide on what mindsets I want in my life and what I need to let go of and I feel like when we grow up we don't have that conscious decision of what kind of a person we want to be and so these changes really just give you a fresh start and the second thing I learned is that rituals matter and for thousands of years you know we have had these seemingly superficial rituals to cement a change either in a person or in a couple that is changing, you know, maybe their status is changing, or in the changing seasons, or just whatever. These rituals provide a tangible symbol for what is often immaterial and intangible. For example, like a wedding ring is one of these rituals and symbols for marriage, which is just intangible. And they also provide psychological comfort during times of hardship and after they become common practice they help to bring people together by reinforcing a sense of community so rituals do really matter and I feel like I often just disregard them as some sort of woo-woo like we discussed today and I think they really do matter and I really recommend you to think about the changes that you are making or you want to make and maybe find some sort of ritual to make sure that you have that tangible like thing that you can see a difference you know you can look at your finger and you see that ring and that will be a reminder of that immaterial change that happened in your life and also I think I go from absolutely loving this new hairstyle to questioning whether I made the right choice and I think this sort of taught me that outside appearance doesn't really matter because beauty is subjective and to different people and even to me at different times in a day or different times in a week I will look either unattractive or just like a million bucks so it doesn't really matter what you look like because some people will find it extremely extremely beautiful and at the same time some people will not and and I just, I, I don't want this haircut to be like a change that I think I will just look better with. I think I want to do it as, right, cementing this new chapter. And lastly, what it has taught me is that just short hair is so much more convenient. Like, oh my God. Yesterday, I stepped out of the shower and it took me like, I think 20 minutes and the hair was dry. And I should probably note that it used to take me about like two hours and I think it's so convenient. Like I don't need to worry about needing to tie my hair to work out or to sleep because I don't want it to get tangled because now I can shake my head like a true rockman and it still won't be tangled. And if it does, it takes like a minute to brush and no hair is falling out. So it's just so convenient. Again, the hair doesn't get stuck in your zipper or like get into the face of the people you're hugging or kissing. It's just very tidy and I think I like that. So if you're considering that, I know it's been just a couple of days for me of this short hair, but I really, really, really recommend it. Um, so okay, that will be it for me for this insight. 
all the things that I talked about today are in the episode description, so visit that. I hope you will have a marvelous, marvelous week. So please remember to take care of yourself and if you can, of someone else too. And I will speak to you in the next episode. Being Better is edited and produced by Julia Spohr. You can learn more about the show and about other work over at our website, beingbetter.info. And the Instagram is at beingbetter.pod. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by word of mouth. So if you can, please tell your family, your friends, and what the hell, also tell your enemies. You know, we don't discriminate on this podcast. So tell them about the show, tell them about why you like it and about why you like the incredibly amazing and very humble host. You can also share it on social media platforms and if you tag us, we'll make sure to reply. Thank you so much for joining us today and I'll speak to you very, very soon.